Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, if you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. Well, it looks like everybody pretty well survived the, the snow again. Uh, kind of like a little Armageddon for you, but uh, I like snow. Now, don't throw things at me, I like snow. But I'm ready for spring now. I'm ready to go crappie fishing. <clears throat> Don't you think so, Caleb? Yeah. yeah, there we go. Can I get an amen on that? Amen, huh? Amen. All right. Uh, Mark chapter 7, we'll begin reading verse 31. says, And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. Decapolis means ten cities. And if you look at that, there was ten cities there that he came. Most of those were Roman cities. Uh, where you would have had Gentiles there. And he's coming into this place, where uh, the coast of Capolis here. And so many of the people that came out to him was probably Gentiles at this point. There was still the Jews that was coming out. And there would have been Jews in those cities, but you would have had this. We don't know whether, and we'll talk about this in a minute here, but it, said, and it says, And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment, uh, impediment of speech, and they beseech him to... Uh, put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the, the multitude and put his fingers into his ears and, and he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and saith unto him, uh, Ephiratha, that is, be open. And straightway his ears were open and the string of his tongue was loosed and he spake plain. And he charged them that they should tell no man. But the more he charged them, so much more a great deal they published it. And were beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Back in verse 37, I want you to take note there. It says, And they were beyond measure, uh, beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. I like to preach the message that I've titled, He Doeth All Things Well. And let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, sure is good to be with your people. Sure is good to be in the house of the Lord. Lord, sure is good to hear the songs that magnify you and glorify you, Lord, that the world is screaming so many other messages, Lord. The message that it needs is the one that is heard, we've heard in these songs this morning, and the one that comes from the Word of God. Lord, I pray that you just be with us more, meet with us in a powerful way. We need you. We don't need what I am or what I have. We need what you are and what you have. So, Lord, may I, Lord, may I decrease and may you increase. Lord, may I hide behind the cross. May you be glorified and lifted up. And, Lord, many times we preach messages of, of how-tos and things of that nature. But, Lord, this morning, may we just see you. May we see you high and lifted up. And, Lord, may it stir our hearts with a new freshness and a love and, and, and awe for you. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. We see here that Jesus once again does the miraculous, another miracle upon miracles, and, and revealing himself. He gives the hearing to a deaf man and loosens his tongue to be able to speak plainly. We find that you know, it's a miracle after miracle that he does that reveals him as the Son of God, but not only that, but in his preaching and in his teaching, revealing himself unto man that he is the Son of God. 
though they rejected him, and many did, and would not accept that he was the Son of God, even through his wisdom and all that he did, he, he revealed himself continually that he was the Son of God. As you study through the Scriptures and as you see his life, the, yes, he's, he's God, but he's man. As you see that and you go through there and you see what he's done in the lives of so many, we likewise could say as they did there, he hath done all things well. He hath done all things well. Sitting here this morning, God has done things in your life and my life that we would have to stop and say and agree with them. He hath done all things well. So many times we, we fail to do that. We fail to stop and look unto Him and, and give Him the honor and give Him the glory and the praise for what He's done. I want you to consider a couple things this morning and we'll look at this here and about this man and some other things. Consider, first of all, the heart that He had for this man. Look with me back in verse 32. It says, And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment of speech in his speech. And they beseeched him to put his hand upon him. He took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears and he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and saith unto him, Ephrathah, that is, be opened. And straightway his ears were open, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. I want you to know, sir, they took him away from the multitude when he did it. It would have been easy for him to have made a public, uh, a, a public show of it, but he didn't. He took him away from wherever everybody was crowding in there. They, there was a crowd that always was following Jesus, and... Instead of just uh, doing something right there in front of everybody with the whole crowd watching on and looking on. He takes him aside and over to the side over here and he begins to, to uh, uh, deal with him as he's going to. What that tells me is that he cares about the man not as a number, not as a group, but as an individual. Can I tell you this morning, he cares about you individually. He knows your name. You're not just another sinner that needs to be saved or just another Christian that, that's received Him as Christ. You are someone to Him. You are an individual to Him. He knows your name. He knows your need. He knows your hurts. He knows everything about you. Amen. Beyond your understanding, He knows more about you than you know about yourself. He knows what you will do tomorrow. He knows what you'll think tomorrow. He knows what the reaction that you will have to something tomorrow. He knows everything about you before it even happens. And he doesn't look at us as just a group of people as a church, but He looks at us as individuals and He cares for us as individuals, just as He cared for this man as an individual. You see, you're something. You're someone to Him. You mean something to Him. We're, it's not like our government that looks down at, 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 from Washington and says, okay, we have so many, uh, 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 many people in this state and so many people in this state and so we're going to do it. No, he looks at us as individuals. It's not like a large group that you have that come in and you're thinking about the group as a group to do this or that. You're, he's thinking about individuals. It doesn't matter what your age is. He looks across his front row and, and starting over here, he sees Dustin. And, and in his mind and, and, and thinking even right now, he's thinking, Dustin, hack it. What am I going to do in Dustin's life today? What am I going to do in his life tomorrow? 
right behind him is Luke and Luke Rhodes. And, and he's saying, what am I going to do in Luke's life this week? What, am I, what, what, what does Luke need this week? And he thinks about you individually and he cares about you individually just like he did this man that they brought to him. It wasn't just for show. It wasn't just for, for some type of publicity or anything. But he cared for this man. He took him aside. He cares for each of us. In Matthew chapter 10 verse 29 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the, hair, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. I read that every time I read it. I can't stop and think about it. He don't have very many numbers on mine. Amen. He says, fear not. Therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. If he knows every sparrow, it almost puts me under conviction because when I was a kid, I had a BB gun. And we was told, don't you shoot the robins, don't you shoot this, don't you shoot that. Now the sparrows, you can shoot the sparrows. Shot a lot of sparrows. And a lot that I wasn't supposed to shoot. <laughs> and I read that and I think, he knows every sparrow that falls and hits the ground. And then I think, a dirty little bird like a sparrow, they are dirty. Carrying mites and nasty. And he knows every one of them. He says, aren't you much more important, don't you, of greater value than a little old dirty sparrow that dies and falls to the ground? And he thinks about you individually. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows everything that's going on in your heart this morning. You're more than a number. You're a great value unto the Lord. He doeth all things well and that He cares for you individually this morning. And you were lost. Or maybe after you were saved, you've gone astray. You're important to Him still. In Matthew 18 and verse 12, it says, How think ye, if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them are gone astray, doth, not, uh, doth he not leave the ninety and nine and goeth into the mountains and seek that which is gone astray? And if so be that he findeth it, very, verily I say unto you, he will rejoice more than of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went astray. Even so it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. And he says, listen, even though the, he has those who are following him, and if one goes astray, if there's one that goes astray, just one, he says he's going to go look for them because he cares for that one. He cares for all. Individually seeking for us to walk close to Him. Jesus came looking for you individually, seeking you to save your soul, to, to bring you back to Him if, if you were already saved or if you weren't saved, to, that you might be saved. Listen, I'm going to tell you this morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you don't know if you was to die today, that you would go to heaven. He's standing at your heart's door. And He's knocking at your heart's door. It's not like he's standing up here with a shotgun and shooting out across the crowd trying to hit everybody. No, he's at your heart door and he's knocking at your heart's door. Individually. Seeking to come into your life to save your soul. To be your Lord and Savior. He cares for you. Individually. 
He doeth all things well and that he cares for you as an individual. But notice here with this man also, his touch was a touch of a loving God. Verse 33 and 34 says, And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears and he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and saith unto him, Ephrathah, that is, be open. That word Ephrathah there is an Aramaic, Aramaic word that normally Jesus would have been speaking Hebrew. But for this particular man from where he was at Decapolis, he apparently knew the man's language that he understood the best. Now he may have known the Hebrew and other languages somewhat as they did in that region. But apparently his greatest understanding by reading lips, remember this man couldn't hear. This man had trouble speaking at, point, at some point possibly because the fact that he could speak but he could not speak plainly makes us think that maybe somewhere along the line he did hear and he lost that hearing. We don't know. However it is, uh, he speaks to him, Ephrathah, which is be opened and, and he's looking into this man's face. Come here, come here, Blake. And, and just imagine this. He's, he has this man... And he takes his fingers and sticks it. Do you clean your ears clean? I don't want all kinds of wax on, buddy. I'll just I'll fold them up like that, make it look like they're in there. And he sticks his fingers in his ears. And so if he's got his fingers in his ears, he's looking straight at him because both hands are on this side like that. He says, Ephrathah. This man, no doubt, probably could read his lips, which means be open. And he... Instead, Jesus could have said, be open and loose his tongue and the man's hearing would have came back and the man could have spoke plainly. But instead, Jesus uh, uh, touched the man and, and with his touch, he put his fingers in his ears because he wanted him to know that he cared for him, that he was willing to touch him, that, the, that the, what was about to happen was because he loved him. He wasn't just somebody else. But he was willing to touch him and demonstrate that love. And he stuck his fingers in his ears and, and he spit and he touched his tongue. Now, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> he said, be open. And the man could hear and he could speak plainly. But I want you to see something else there. He didn't just heal him, but he cared for him and he loved him. And he touched him as God would want to touch you and me. Look there in your Bible. It says, and he, looking up to heaven, he sighed. He sighed. Do you know what he's saying? Come back, Blake. When he did that, he looked up into heaven. And this is exactly what would happen. That's a sigh. Turn this way so they can see. And what that sigh was, was not heal this guy. 
It wasn't that. But it was his heart saying, I hurt for you. Apparently, there was something that was of great, a great power would take to heal this man. As he looks up into heaven, unto the heavenly Father, and he sighs, expressing his love and his care for this man, and showing it with a brokenness of heart of, Can I tell you this morning that every single one of you in here, including this preacher, there's been those times that he's looked at you and I and he sees what's going on in your life and the difficulty that you're facing and the struggle that you're facing and he sighs. Why? Because he loves you. Because he cares for you. Because he desires for you to know that He's with you. And He desires for you to understand that great love that He has for you. And He sighs because he, of His caring there. He, would have, he could have, as I said, He could have spoken to the man and He would have been healed. But oh, this morning, He wants to touch each of us. He, he wants you and me to feel that touch. A touch like in, in no other touch in your life. I remember that touch when I got saved. You remember that touch? Brian was talking about this morning. You remember that time? You go back to that time when you got saved. You remember that there was just something about it you knew. You felt the, the hand of God, that, that load maybe that was lifted. I remember being under that load of sin and knowing I was, di- and I was on my way to the devil's hell. I went to church for years. I'd made a profession of faith in a church as a child. But I knew that I was lost. I knew that I had, had just went through the routine as a lot of people do. And you may be sitting here this morning and you may have just went through the routine to try to please man or to, just to go through it. But my friend, the Bible says that uh, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. It's with the heart you receive Jesus Christ, not with the intellect. And I remember that time when he saved my soul on Wednesday night, middle of May, 1975. Sitting over on that side, got up, come down before I ever hit that. I'll tell you what, I was already calling on God before I ever hit that altar. And I, I, I was saved. There was a surrender. And boy, there was a load that was lifted. That touch. Oh, there's been those times in life, and you know what I'm talking about, most of you, where you're going through a difficult struggle and there's things happening in your life. And all of a sudden, it's just like that touch of God. He just walks up and... It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. I can take care of this. It's that touch. This morning, He wants every single person in this room to recognize that touch. He wants you to understand that He loves you and that He cares for you. And that He's there. First of all, in salvation. When we're going through those difficult times and He he sighs for us and, and He wants to touch our hearts and and lives with His wonderful love. Why? Because He doeth all things well in our lives. As He reaches down, He touches our lives. We might know His love for us, and it's a love that causes Him to sigh when we hurt. I got to thinking about how that Jesus, uh, uh, Brother Jimmy, I got to think about how that Jesus sighed because He cared. And I got to think about myself 
When's the last time I saw it? When's the last time I looked at somebody that needed Christ? And I sighed. When's the last time that I looked at somebody that was going through a difficult time in their life and I sighed? As I looked up to heaven and I called on Lord. Or did I just say, Lord, be with them and whatever, or, or save that person? But when did it reach my heart? When's the last time it gripped my heart and that I sighed? Showing the Lord my love and my care for others as He's shown His love to us. When's the last time that you sighed? And then he began to deal with my heart a little bit, Brother Jimmy. He said, when's the last time you sighed for me? When's the last time you looked up into heaven and said, Lord, I need you. Lord, I love you. Lord, you're the greatest. Lord, you're, you're so mighty and wonderful. So many times we say, Lord, you're good, you're great. But when is the last time that sigh came from your heart? As you looked up into heaven to the one that saved your soul, who cares for you and sighs for you. Oh, how he loves you and how he cares for you. He doeth all things well. You see, in your life, in my life, He doeth all things well. As He had compassion on others, so does He with you and me. When Jesus went about teaching and healing, we find in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, it says, But when He saw the multitude, he, moved, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd, and He cared for them. He had compassion. Mark, or Matthew chapter 14, verse 14 says, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Remember, there's two blind men, and he healed several different blind people with the particular two blind men that he healed in Matthew chapter 20, verse 34. It says, So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. The leper that came to Jesus in Mark chapter 1 and verse 41, and Jesus was moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be thou clean. The widow whose son died and Jesus stopped the funeral procession and raised her son back to life. He, there in Luke chapter 7 and verse 13 says, And when the Lord saw her, they're talking about the mother, the son, that she was a widow. And, and, and he, he had, the Bible says he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. He takes a hold of the hand of that young man and raises him up back to life. He doeth all things well because he cares for you and me. But then I get to thinking about it. even so today the Lord goeth about in our lives doing well. We find over in the book of Acts in chapter 38, or chapter 10 verse 38, it says, And God anointed Jesus of, of Nazareth, the Holy Ghost, and with power, who went about doing good. Continually doing good. The Bible says that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that means that he went about doing good yesterday, but he's going about doing good today. And he'll go about doing good tomorrow and, and from here on. Why? Because he doeth all things well. 
Because he loves us. Because he cares for us. Though we face problems and difficulties in this life, that doesn't mean that the Lord doesn't do all things well. Say, preacher, if he does things, doeth all things well, and, and I, he's my Savior, and, and I love him, and I try to obey him and follow him, why am I going through this, or why do I face that, or, or why is this happening, and, and why is this taking place? I can't give you an answer of all the whys, but I can tell you this. He doeth all things well. And what will come forth from it will be something well. If it's nothing more to bring you closer to Him Himself. But it may be to bring others closer to Him. That others might be saved. That others might be encouraged. That others might be strengthened. That one day you might be able to help somebody else that, that's going through the same, that'll be going through the same thing that you went through, but they didn't have the same perspective that you've got. Your perspective was that God is able to take care of this in my life and able to do all things because He do He doeth all things well. And they may be a, a weak Christian or or maybe not even saved and don't understand, and you're able to go to them and you're able to help them to understand that, that God doeth all things well, and you're able to help them and bring them to, to Jesus Christ. He doeth all things well. I don't understand why babies die. But I can tell you this. Heaven's going to be a lot of fun. Those little ones. So well, how old are they going to be, preacher? I don't have any idea. He may... Just from, for some of you cranky people don't like to be around little kids, he may let them still be little kids. <laughs> and he's going to put you in the nursery with them, amen? <clears throat> I don't know. But heaven's going to be sweet because... You say, well, preacher, what about those aborted babies? That's not God's plan, but can I tell you that they'll be there. They'll be there. Preacher, what about? I can't tell you. But I can tell you He doeth all things well. So many times we don't understand things. But by faith we're able to see even in these trying times how the Lord is doing a good work in the hearts and lives to bring them to Him. First of all, in salvation. Secondly, in faith, to live for Him and to follow Him. Because He doeth all things well. You see, He sighs for you and me that we might come to Him in a greater way so that one day in heaven we'll again, as we gather, Brother Dale, as we gather around that throne, we gather around that throne and I can just see it now. Daniel's going to be playing dobro. The preacher, what are you going to be playing? Nothing. <laughs> but I'm going to be shouting and running. We'll gather together around the throne of the Lord. And I believe we're going to say, He doeth all things well. Because we'll see as we've never saw before. We'll understand as we never understood before. 
And we'll see the hand and the plan of God that comes together. One that he doeth well. In judgment. In the judgment he doeth all things well. In Matthew chapter 25. The Lord says in verse 31, He says, When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. And before Him shall gather all nations, and He shall separate them one from another. As a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats, and He shall set set the sheep on the right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, the sheep, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. He'll separate the saved from the lost. Those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, in His shed blood, His death, His burial, His resurrection. And they'll enter into heaven and into His glory. But it will not be so for those who are on the left hand because they have rejected Jesus Christ as their Savior. They may have been religious. They may sit in a a church every Sunday. They may may have been baptized. They may have, you know, who knows? They might have even stood behind a pulpit and preached. But except they have received Jesus Christ with their heart, they'll be separated. The Bible says they'll be cast in a lake of fire. Matthew 25, verse 41 there, he says, Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, the sheep there, or the goats, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. I don't understand. There's, going, there's those who say, well, well, who's going to respond? Well, if he doeth all things well, why does he throw those into the lake of fire forever and ever? Can I tell you that he's done all that he can do? That you might have Him as Lord and Savior. He doeth all things well. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He would that none should perish, but that all would come to repentance. He he did not want anybody to to die, but He wanted all to come receive Him as Savior. The Bible says uh, uh, that that Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by Me. He went to Calvary. He died in your place. He took your sins and my sins, even though that was 2,000 years ago. He knew every sin that you would ever commit. He took it to the cross. It was nailed to the cross. As he was nailed to the cross. He died and he shed sinless blood. The just for the unjust. The sinless for the sinner. That we might have salvation. That we might have hope. That we might have eternal life. But it comes down to this. He's done all that He can do. He's done all things well. He made a way for you to be saved, but He will not force you to receive Him. That has to be a choice of your own. He said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans chapter 10 verse 13. If you back up to verse 10, he says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the heart he believeth unto salvation. 
It's with the heart. He said, I've done everything I can. He said, I've touched your life. I've given you opportunity. I died in your place, took your sins upon me so that you wouldn't have to bear them. I gave you every opportunity. I gave you every choice to receive me. He doeth all things well. You see, if you read the scripture, the Bible says that those who be cast in the lake of fire, it says, into a place prepared for the devil and his angels. Do you understand that God did not create the lake of fire for man? He created for the devil and his angels. But because you reject Him as Savior, there's no other place. And you go with the unbelieving into a lake of fire. But my friend this morning, He looks at you, if you don't know Christ your Savior, and I can hear it in heaven, and I believe you can hear it with your heart. You can hear a... as He sighs that you might be saved. Because He loves you with a love that's beyond comprehension. And Christian, you're sitting here this morning. You may be away from the Lord or maybe you, there's things going on in your life and maybe you're not walking with the Lord like you ought to or maybe you are but there's things going on. And I believe this morning, if you'll listen real close, you can feel, and you can feel that touch. If you listen real close with your heart, you'll hear him sigh. Come here, Hunter. And I think this is exactly what he wants. After that touch and that sigh, This is what he wants. He wants a walk with you and a closeness with you because he wants you to feel that touch. Christian, listen to me and I'm closing. When's the last time you looked up to him? And you sighed because you wanted closeness and you wanted to touch him. Let's bow. Father, we thank you. We love you. You doeth all things well. You hear our prayers. You've done all things well. You load us daily with benefits. You have done all things well. You've protected us from evil and the things of this life. When we live for you, you've done all things well. You've put a song in our heart, a spring in our step, and a joy in our lives.
You've done all things well. Lord, you've never left us. You've never forsaken us. You've done all things well. Lord, you've been merciful to us and long-suffering when we fail you. You've done all things well. You've forgiven us of our sin when we come to you and confess them. You've done all things well. And Lord, you saved those who are saved that know you as Savior because you've done all things well. Help us even this morning to look up into heaven and to sigh wanting you and wanting to touch you. Have your will and way in this invitation. And Lord, no doubt in a crowd this size, there's those who do not know if they died today, they'd go to heaven. Lord, may they feel your knock at their heart's door, that touch. And may they hear that sigh of love. That they might come and let us take a Bible and show them how to receive you as their Savior. And every Christian here, Lord, I pray that they would listen for that sigh and look to you and take a hold of you. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your mercies, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with your heads bowed?